You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. We take your calls and we answer your questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, health, fitness, financial planning, you name it, we'll tackle it here on the air. I, I also like to say the show is all about helping you be a better you. And that applies to any area of your life, but we wrap it all around trucking and the trucking lifestyle, which is unique. Trying to stay healthy on the road, we know what a challenge that is. Trying to manage your money when you don't know how much you're making every week, we know how much of a challenge that is. And being away from home, all the challenges of the lifestyle, but it doesn't mean that you just have to give up and accept it. There are ways to make all of those things better And that's a big part of what we do here on the show. It's all about making the trucking industry a better place to live and work. And we can only do that one person at a time. We can only do that by taking responsibility for what we do and changing the way we do things. So that's what we talk about here. A couple things I want to talk about before we get to your phone calls. Um, We have launched our full service tax and accounting. And that's brand new. I'm going to give you a phone number. You can go to the website. And we decided we we put a lot of work into this. I mean, I spent a good part of last year thinking about it, working out how we would do it. I I ran a a tax and accounting service for owner operators for almost 15 years, Uh, but I haven't been doing that since 2006. And I remembered how difficult that business was to run. And it's gotten more difficult since then. The IRS has changed things. It's uh, much more complicated, believe it or not. And we decided rather than try to start this from scratch again, that we would do what we do in a lot of areas, which is we'll do what we do best and we'll partner with companies that do what they do best. And we do that in a lot of areas. We decided to do it in tax. That was that was a tough call for me because I did run a very successful tax service for a lot of years. But we just have too many projects. Well, not too many. We have a lot of projects going on. And, and it works better if we let people do what they do best. And, we, you know, we spent a lot of time. We partnered with Clifton Larson Allen, a great, great accounting firm. Tax services are excellent. We spent time with them making sure everybody understands the trucking issues and the trucking rules, and and they already did. We just made sure that we were all on the same page, so we are confident we are going to offer a great tax service. We're already started. If you have any questions about it, give us a call. Uh, The number is 855-800-FUEL. 855-800-3835. Uh, you can also go to the website, letstruck.com and check it out there. 
but probably best to give us a phone call. We can tell you what we've got going and we will continue to expand that service as we go. We're going to start off slow, keep things under control, make sure we do this right. A couple other things. The store on our website is now expanded. We're offering a lot more products through the store. We have educational materials from MD Alignment, the the books on uh, the Alignment Guides for the Common Man, two books that Mike Beckett has done that are outstanding. They are right here next to my desk all the time. I refer to them a lot. He also has some videos. So Uh, We have the OPS in the store. We have oil samples in the store. We have a very cool little pre-trip tool. We have the audio programs, uh, how to get started as an owner-operator. So check out the store. That's at letstruck.com slash store. We also made an announcement uh, this past week that we partnered with Rand McNally on their new, very exciting GPS tablet. Uh, Many of you know I I had fits with the Rand McNally. I always said I loved their features, loved their software, but hated their hardware. And that's not an issue anymore. This is a really nice Android tablet, beautiful screen, bright, great sound, lots of information on the screen. And because it's a tablet, it's able to do a lot more things. We partnered with them and our fuel gauges, our fuel mileage tracking program is built right into the device, right on the home screen. Very easy to use. You don't need to create a new account. You just log into your current fuel gauges account. And remember, fuel gauges is free. We don't charge for that. So if you're not using it, I highly recommend you go sign up for an account at letstruck.com. Then if you do have the new Rand McNally tablet GPS, you just log in All of your account information will be there. It still syncs with the data online and on your phone, if you're using your phone as well. Gives you another way of tracking your fuel mileage and seeing the results. And we are hoping to get that GPS up in our store soon, but they are hard to come by right now. So one other thing I want to talk about, and I'll take us into the next segment. We'll get to some of your phone calls. I've talked about this before, but I I really want to stress this. I I keep seeing this over and over and over. And that is the the idea of just getting back to the basics or sticking with the basics or starting with the basics in almost every area. And, And it seems to me like in some of the most important areas of our life, we have overcomplicated things, right? Not so much we. The industries that make money on those things have overcomplicated things in order to make them more important and to sell more things. Now, I have no problem with companies selling things, products, services. I'm a capitalist to the core. Just because somebody sells something doesn't mean I have to buy it. Just because somebody sells something doesn't mean it's the right thing. And, you know, the health and money, two very important parts of our life and we have way overcomplicated them. You know, when I look at money, everybody wants the the latest stock or what what should I be investing in? Is it gold? Is it precious metals? Is it stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate trusts, 
splits, straddles, options, calls. I mean, we could go on and on and on with all these complicated financial tools that less than 1% of the population even understands some of these things. I'm not sure if the people who say they understand them really understand them. And you end up paying fees to people to do these things. And the problem is a lot of people doing those things haven't even done the basics yet. And honestly, all you need to do are the basics. Forget all that complicated stuff. I mean, honestly, if all you did was take 10% of every amount of money you ever receive, whether it's a check or whatever it happens to be, whatever you get paid for, when money comes in, if you just took, actually, if you took any amount, 5% and set it aside and did nothing else, I don't care if you hide it under your mattress, I don't care if you bury it in the backyard, stick it in a can in the freezer, doesn't matter. You don't even have to invest it. If you just saved it, you would be so far ahead of the majority of the population in this country and certainly in the world. But we don't do that. And, and then we look for these advanced strategies or we start to save a little bit of money. And then we start looking for these advanced strategies because we don't have enough patience. We want it now. Well, you're not going to get it now. It just doesn't happen. Very, very few people in this world will ever win the lottery. And those who do, many of them end up broke again. Uh, it, it, it's very true. I mean, if you haven't heard that, it happens all the time. There are books written about it. Because those people didn't know how to manage money in the first place. They didn't earn the money that they received. And it, it's probably going to disappear. And many of them have actually made the statement they wish they would have never won. I know people don't believe that, but it's true. You just stick to the basics. And, and I've been going back to the gym again because I've been trying to get in shape. And this is another area. I, uh, I just sat and watched yesterday at the gym. And I, I saw the trainers taking people through these complicated exercises. And, and, and I know I've talked about this before, but it, it, it's such a critical point. And I'm even starting to understand it more. I watch trainers taking these people through these weird, complicated exercises. I've been around gyms all my life. My first business was a gym. I opened it when I was 18, just turning 19. And as far as I know, that gym still exists in Ohio. But they, they, these trainers have to justify their job. And they create all these wild, goofy, weird exercises instead of just sticking to the basics. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more when I get back, and then we'll get to your call. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rothenberg.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're going to get to the calls in just a couple minutes. So while I'm watching these weird, complicated exercises, trying to figure out what that's even supposed to do, I also realized that the trainers aren't correcting the simple things, the form, the motion, the speed, the tempo. They, they were doing, you know, goofy sets and reps. And, and, you know, if you understand anything about exercise, weight training, those kind of things, it's more about good form. And, and the form I was watching, absolutely horrible. And nobody was correcting that. They were too busy trying to prove how smart they were by all these complicated exercises, very similar to the financial planning world, where they overcomplicate everything to justify their job. And then look at food, diets, the paleo, the Adkins, the grapefruit, the juicy fruit, I don't know, so many diets, it's not even funny. And they're all complicated. And you've got to count things. And they're very restrictive. And and really, all we need to do is stick to the basics. You know, I tell people all the time, try to eat as much of your food as close to its natural source as possible. That's step one. Step two, find a good balance. You know, lean proteins, lots of vegetables, and complex carbohydrates. That's it. Beverages, honestly, you can live on just water. You don't need anything else, and it's probably the healthiest thing for you to be drinking. So in, in all areas, take a look at, at what you're doing. If you're trying to improve, and don't overcomplicate it. Stick to the basics. And, and literally forever, everybody wants the advanced program. I, I'm not sure there are many advanced programs in many areas. And by the time you need an advanced program, you'll probably know more than some of the people who are offering what they call an advanced program. Stick to the basics. Measure your results. Tweak until you get it right. Rinse, repeat. No, that's shampooing. Forget that. Just repeat it over and over. You know, just stick to the basics, measure your results, tweak it, and be very, very consistent. Just keep doing it day after day after day, and don't be impatient. The change will come. Let's get to some phone calls. Let's start off in Texas. Sean, welcome to the program. Oop, let me try that again. Sean, welcome Hello, to the program. Kevin. Yep, oh, thanks, Kevin. Turn. Guess what today is? Uh, Friday. Today is day, well, no, today is a fleet air filter on my Cascadia. 30 days. So how is it going? Uh, awesome. It feels like I bought a, uh, a twin-turboed supercharged truck. I mean, it's just nice. the, the, the response to the turbo. And I got the compound system on this truck. It's instant. I mean, you don't, I probably gained 10 horsepower, but I've probably picked up about a hundred foot pounds of torque, maybe a little bit less, maybe 75. That is early as 900 RPMs. And that's wow. where I like to run. I like to run as low as possible. I run 53 around 1150 and the lag now is, is almost gone. So the fuel savings is just incredible. That is excellent. You know, we've been working with fleet air filters for a lot of years now. And, and the thing you have to realize on, on, and this applies to different modifications, that they affect different trucks differently, different engines. There were some trucks and engines on the market that had pretty good airflow already, but we would still see results with the fleet air filter. 
the Cascadia seems to be one of the best responding trucks to the fleet air filter. It took them a long time to engineer and develop that. But I, I think that that engine was very starved for air. It was. Um, I think Lisa has some numbers for you on my um, fuel gauges. Yeah, I am looking at those right now. And I love the numbers. And I love the progression. You know, this is what we like to see. And it's just what I was talking about. Stick to the basics, measure your results, keep tweaking and watch the progress over time and just don't get too impatient. And, you know, if we look at your history, um, the lifetime on this truck is 7.64. The 90 day is 7.78, an improvement. The 60 day is 7.90, another improvement, but the 30 day is 8.30. I mean, if we look at your lifetime, you came up uh, seven tenths of a mile per gallon. But if we look at the 60 day to the 30 day, it, did you change anything else during that time other than the fleet air filter? Um, I put a, I put a scan gauge on, but I've already had one on a D for three years. Plus I have a bully dog. Um, but okay. now, I mean, the weather's been fairly consistent as of last year. Like I looked at last year's forecast when I went to scan the gauges and it's a little, it was just a little bit warmer this year, but I run the same roads in Texas. I run about 10 different routes and that's it. I mean, I do central Texas yeah. between Dallas and Houston. So, but no, everything's the same. Actually, the only thing that's different this year is my truck is desperately in need for DPF cleaning and overhead. And I lost part of my front bumper. So I have a big gaping hole, which is not good for fuel economy. Wow. So there, there's actually three or four things going on that, that could be affecting fuel economy negatively. It is. And yet, it, it, it is. Yeah. And, and yet in would, 30 days, you added a solid four tenths. That is really impressive. And I think uh, I'm going to call back the day when I head into the shop. I'm trying to stretch that out until the, like the first week of March, and then I'll give you like a seven-week status and then after that then the numbers won't be good until another 90 days you know and but uh i had another question um actually a comment um a month ago when you started talking about the health of being healthy um i decided to uh try advocare uh and make prepared meals and eat a ton of spaghetti squash in the truck in the last 29 days i've lost 25 pounds wow and it's just 1,600 calories a day. I've eaten six meals a day. I've actually eaten more food now than I did the last 30 days. And I have no coffee, no sugar, um, seven hours sleep minimum. And I tell you what, it's I couldn't improve my business, but I didn't improve myself. So, I you mean, know, people I, think you can't do it, you can. I, you know, I couldn't agree more. And again, I'm going to go back to my open because when I you know, a couple, I kind of got started in December a little bit, but I, I wasn't all that consistent. January, I started getting much more consistent by about the middle of January till now. I've been really consistent with my, you know, activity goals, trying to make sure I get 10,000 steps a day on my tracker and really, really been watching what I eat. And, and I've always eaten reasonably healthy. Um, and then there are times if I'm on the road too much, or I get too busy that I'm like everybody else. I slack off and I've been very consistent. And one of the things that I'm finding is in the beginning, it is more difficult. You know, you, you kind of feel like you're hungry all the time. You're not eating the food you like, and it's so easy to fall off the wagon at that point. But if you can push the first through, week, the first week yeah. was the toughest. 
And the other thing that hurt me, I'm not big on sweets. I never have been. But if they're around and they're they're there and I start eating them, I, I absolutely swear I start to crave them. The more I eat them, the more I want them. And by the end of the holidays, uh, I, I was craving sweets all the time, which is unusual for me. So I had to kind of break that. And it took me about two weeks. But once I got through that, now what I'm finding is is I have to work to consume enough calories. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm losing more weight than I want to because I'm eating these foods and I eat little amounts of them. And all of a sudden I'm satisfied. And I'm thinking, my God, 15 minutes ago, I might've been thinking about a cheeseburger, but I ate, you know, some vegetables and hummus and a banana and I'm satisfied. I don't even want to eat. And I look at my calories at the end of the day and I go, I need to eat something. It's crazy, yeah. but it, it's not, I really think that if you eat the right foods, your body becomes so much more satisfied. But the thing is, you have to be able to do it long enough to get through that initial phase. Oh, the first weekend I was eating dinner with my kids and they, they got to have pizza. And when I looked at them, it looks like their faces turned into pieces of pizza. Like I, got, I just <laughs> wanted to eat my children. I was so hungry. I, but uh, do you have no. time for another question? Sure, go ahead. Um, I need batteries for my truck and I'm going to put a ESM on it. And okay. what I want to do is then put three blue top uh, deep cycle batteries. Well, I have an APU already on my truck, but I don't want to use it. I'm trying to eliminate using diesel um, for okay. air conditioning. With three okay. blue top batteries, supply me with at least 10 hours of amps no. to for a portable air conditioner. No, I don't even think it'll be close. In fact, it's a struggle. I, I don't even know if there are many air conditioners on the market that, and I might be wrong about this because I haven't been able to test a lot of them. Maybe we can get some calls. This might be another good topic for the weekend show and we have more time. Um, but I, I, and and you can calculate this and, and that might be something when you've got some time, you can look at the air conditioning, the model and you it's can find, amps. okay. And you power. find the, off. Then you look at the batteries and you look at their, their amp capacity, the amp hour capacity, and you can okay. calculate. But I'm pretty sure that even trying to run most air conditioners for 10 hours, four batteries won't do it a lot of times. Okay. I'll, um, I just was curious if I can run it as much as possible and then have my APU kick in, you know, if, if necessary, or just run it until I go to bed and then run my generator and then switch back to batteries. Yeah, and, and that might be a good option, but, you know, maybe we'll get some feedback on that. I am I think it's going to be tough to, to get any kind of a lot of time off of just three of those batteries. Stick around. We'll be right back. Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. We're going to get right back to some phone calls. Uh, let's head off to Illinois. John, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. How you doing? Good. What can I help you with today? Yeah, I need a help because I have a 2000 Volvo with a Detroit engine. It's got uh, 1 million miles on it. And unfortunately, the engine black block is cracked and it's leaking coolant. So I'm going to do a partial engine rebuild. And my question is, what can I, what would you recommend to replace and check while having that engine apart? So I will hold on the future problems. When you say we're going to do a partial engine rebuild, how are we going to fix an engine with a cracked block? I, it's a top, uh, I think it's a a top part of the block is cracked. Where is the coolant leaking? You mean the head? Is cracked? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, all right. B- big, big difference. The head is is a separate piece on top of the engine block. Yes. The block itself is the foundation of the whole engine. When we break, crack a block or um, have, you know, liner issues, many times, that most, if it's a crack block, we're done. Um, even most liner issues, cavitation and that kind of thing can wipe out a block. A head is a different matter. Now, the yes, thing about... If, if this engine had 600,000 miles on it, I, I might tell you, just replace the head. Is, is that what they're going to do? Just replace the head? They want to do like uh, put new uh, injectors. They want to do kind of a um, half job, you know, half uh, ribbon, me, something like that. Let me ask you, this. How, how much oil is this engine consuming? Um, not at all. Not at all. And it's a good fuel mileage. Okay. Not at all. Well, I, I, I normally, with, with any time we're at a million miles plus, if we have to do a head, because you're literally taking everything off that engine, getting everything out of your way, taking the head itself off. And when you take the head off, the cylinders are right there. I mean, once that head comes yeah. off, we're, we're looking at cylinders and that really is the best time to do the cylinder kits, to do that in frame where we place liners, rings, that kind of stuff. But, you know, if it's a budget issue and this thing isn't consuming oil, you're probably okay for a couple more years. And, and lots of 12.7s make it to, you know, 1.3 million miles, which would mean, you know, you've got a couple years left. So if you're going to do just the head, I would make sure that the injector cups have been replaced in the head because there are shops that will will throw remand heads where all they did was test the injector cups. The problem with that is the, the injector cups, um, they're, they're metal. Um, they're not all that thick. And eventually you can wear through the metal. And that when that happens, then we have a, a place where the coolant and the fuel can now mix and combine and cause problems. Well, the problem with testing it is they pressure test it. And if there are no leaks, they say, oh, the injector cups must be good. But they could literally be a week away from breaking through. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So make sure that the head you get has had the injector cups replaced because that that is a a failure point on the 12.7 engine. Um, The other thing I would have them inspect is the bull gear. 
The bull gear is another failure point on a 12.7, and when it goes, it can wipe out an engine. It's not a really expensive fix. You just want to make sure that they inspect it. Other than that, other than that, um, it it really just comes down to, I mean, you might want to rebuild the Jake brake while you're in there. Um, They can take it. That uh, because again, that's something that it does wear out over time, and while they're in there, it will be much cheaper to do it. Uh, but yes. but other than that, most things are not all that hard to get to later on, and it really just becomes a matter of budget. Um, if you know you want to check the manifold, uh, the exhaust manifold okay. and the intake manifold, both of those. Uh, can crack in places, and and this would be a better time uh, to make sure we look at those. Uh, you know, turbo could be inspected, but but those things are are external. If you have to do that somewhere down the line, it's not going to cost you a fortune. It would be cheaper to do it now, but a lot of it comes down to your budget, how much you can afford to do right now. Yeah, I kind of um, you know, I'm ready to pay whatever whatever I need to pay. You know, but okay. I want to get 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 things done one time and then get on the road, make some money. Could you afford the in-frame then replacing the cylinder kits? Yes. Yes. My credit card. Yeah. Even, and, and I'm not a big fan of credit cards, but this might be one time I would do it because the little bit of interest you're going to pay while you pay this back down is going to be way cheaper than going back in in two years and doing an in-frame. And I'm assuming, yes. you know, you've got a great truck. You've got one of my favorites. I'm assuming you want to keep this thing. Oh, yes, definitely. I, I would do the cylinder kits while you're in there, e- even though they're not totally worn out yet. Um, you know, you could have them inspect it. And then if this is a shop you really trust, you could get their opinion. But for me... You know, I, I think at a million miles, there's got to be somewhere on those things. We're right there. Doing them at that point is mostly parts. There's not that much more labor because all the work has already been done to get there anyway. So I, I all the things I listed, I would get estimates on it. And then if you want, you know, if you can get estimates on it, call me back. We can kind of go through what, what might be worth doing. But I, I would at least get estimates on all the things I listed. Um, what about um, getting a new oil pump and new oil cooler? Uh, again, those things are external. They're they're not going to be really any cheaper to do now than they would be later. So I, I okay. would rather let those go. I mean, it it doesn't seem like there's any indication that there's a problem. Uh, you could inspect them, I guess, but. It's not something that is really going to save you all that much money to do it now. So you might as well just wait till you need those things. What about uh, balancing the crankshaft? Um, that that starts to get into a lot of money, and those those changes are fairly minor. What I mean is the the amount of money you're going to spend to, you know straighten a block or line bore a block. Some of the things we've done on signature engines that we talk about, they're fairly expensive and and the return on investment isn't good enough to justify going into debt to do those things. If you had a lot of cash around and you said, look, I, I want the best engine I can possibly have, then yeah, those things are great. 
But if we have to go into debt to get those things, it's not worth it. Okay, great. That's a, that's a great advice. I'm going to follow on that. All right. And if you have any other questions or if you get some estimates on numbers, give me a call. We can go over them. Let's go to Utah. Karen, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. I just wanted to give a glowing report on the scan gauge. Okay. I love that. Go ahead. Uh, it came across with two codes yesterday. The truck was running poorly. Felt like when you accelerated that you had square wheels all around the okay. truck. Okay. And and it was everything you could do to get up a hill. I mean, it was lucky if you got up it at 25 miles an hour. And I mean, we're not talking a very big grade. Yeah, that's okay. bad. No engine code, though. Okay. And we checked what we thought was going on with it. You know, maybe that we had gotten some bad fuel because that's when it started to do it was after we had had a fuel stop about 20 miles down the road. Right. Changed, um, changed fuel filters, put in some diesel 911, and the next morning when we woke up, it was worse. And, and you know what? Let me just jump in there. That was a good thing to do. I mean, that, that's a pretty, you know, we lose power like that, fuel, fuel filter issues. It, it, it's one of the more common reasons to experience what you had. And it's a simple attempt. You're not spending a lot of money to throw some filters and some conditioner in there. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, then we move on to the next step, which was? The scan gauge came across with two codes. And that um, America Moves by Truck website you can go in there and put your engine in there and then put the code number and boom, it tells you what the code is. And nice. it was number five and number six injector. So we limped it to Salt Lake City and got it into a shop. The number five injector came out in three or four pieces. Ooh, that's not good. Okay. The number six injector just needed to be replaced. But then the wiring harness was broke, the rocker arm was broke, a rocker was broke. Wow. Okay. So Hold I mean, on. If, if I've got to get to a break, we'll come back and finish this up. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're going to get right back to the calls. But before we do, um, I do want to mention Karen just talked about the website, America Moves by Truck, and it's .com, americamovesbytruck.com. Or you can get there the same way by going to ambt.org. That website is, is uh, designed and created by one of our longtime listeners, and he is really doing an amazing job on it. He's doing 
a lot of the projects we had planned on doing someday, but he's doing it already. So um, he's got great information in there on tire rolling resistance and tire positions and all kinds of things. He's got scan gauge codes. Well, they're any code really, but um, they work well to scan gauge. Uh, he's got fuel price information, just a, a great website. And and for somebody who's, you know, an owner operator full time, that's a lot of work to, to put together a website like that. And he's doing a great job. So go support him. All right. I'm going to go back to Utah. Karen, go ahead. So I called our shop back home in the Kenmore shop in Salina, Kansas, and told him how the truck was acting. This was before the codes popped up, okay? Okay. And he says, well, without codes, we can't do anything. It's just, uh, you know, we'll hunt and pack, and we'll change this, and we'll change that, and we'll see if the problem fixes itself. That's not really an option, you know? Well, and, and let me just jump in there real quick. Um, when people call me on the phone or they call Pittsburgh Power on the phone, it, it's not a good idea to try doing very much in-depth troubleshooting over the phone. I mean, we can guess at some things and, and point in the right direction. Um, codes can help. Sometimes codes are worthless. But many times, I mean, we really can't even decide what to do till we can get our hands on the truck and try a few things. Now, that doesn't mean we should just throw parts at it. It means we can test things, we can inspect things, and we can look for reasons. And that's what troubleshooting is all about. It's just really, for the most part, it's pretty hard to troubleshoot without your hands on the truck. Well, their words to me were, is drive it until you get a code. Oh, that's a bad idea. I mean, we... we and I was like, <laughs> we're probably doing more damage by driving. Well, if there... And there are times where that might not be bad advice. I give it all the time. If we have a slight miss, we've got a hesitation, we've got an intermittent electrical issue... You know, at that point, yeah, we might as well drive it till we get some more clues because it might save us a lot of money. But when we start seeing major problems, a truck that won't go up the hill near 25 miles an hour, a truck making, you know, really bad noises or, you know, low oil pressure. I mean, there are some things that you don't drive to see what it is. You get it in and, and start looking at it. Right. So. Like within 30 miles after talking to our shop back at home, those two scan gauge codes popped in. Looked them up, saw what they were, called a shop. We were like 100 miles away from Salt Lake City, so I started calling shops to see if they could get us in and stuff. We got in, and when he started tearing it apart to replace those two injectors, you know, of course there was more damage. The right. wiring harness. Because of that injector breaking had ripped the wiring harness and melted it. Yeah. And then um, the rocker arm and a rocker. Well, I, um, you know, the, we, we, I, don't, we, we don't make a big deal about the, the codes on the scan gauge because they don't always help. Sometimes they're worthless. Sometimes they really don't help at all. But there are times, and actually I get a lot of calls like this where, Code pops up, it points us right to where we need, and we save time, we save money, and it's just kind of a little bonus to having the scan gauge. So I would just like to say thank you to you again for coming up with this wonderful idea of the scan gauge, KR for semis, and then also 
to the gentleman who does do the American Moves by Truck. I, mean, I use that website all the time. It's a great site. I, and, and thank you for the feedback. And like I say, he's doing an excellent job on it. So go support him. Let's uh, and he doesn't charge anything. It's all just free information. Let's go to Florida. Vernon, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Thank you. Just had a question about um, fuel additives. Are they really worth the cost for what they provide? You know, at five, six cents a mile. No, I just I don't know. I fought with it. No, um, here's here's my take on fuel additives. If if we have a properly functioning truck, which is what we want to have, and we have reasonably good quality fuel, I mean, it doesn't have to be outstanding. Most of the fuel we get today is reasonably good quality. And we're under normal temperatures, let's say nothing below zero. Then I never use fuel additives. I mean, I, I literally, I had trucks that I owned a million, a million three, never, ever put a fuel additive in those trucks. And even never, the, I'm sorry. even with the ultra low sulfur, I know when, when low sulfur okay. came out, there was this big scare. Oh my God, you better use fuel additives or you're going to wipe out, injectors. you're going to wipe out your fuel pump. That never came true. When ultra low sulfur came out, the same thing. Now I, I, I we're seeing injector issues these days but I don't think it has much to do with the quality of our fuel. And I think having a fast system is the best thing you can possibly do for your injectors. Now, I will say there are some times where I will use them or I'll recommend using them. I, I could see taking a good injector cleaner. Um, Lucas has some products and, and doing it once a quarter just to clean things out. But I wouldn't do it probably more often than that. The other time I could recommend stuff, if we get algae in fuel, then let's get a good biocide or an algicide in there and clean it up. If we get um, uh, asphaltine in the fuel, well, obviously throw in some asphaltine conditioner and it'll go away. If we just get a lousy load of fuel that seems to be clogging filters, maybe dump something in. But once the problem is gone, then I'm going to stop using them. The only other time, if we get really cold temperatures, I, I might put a, a good cold temperature additive in. But the, the times I will use fuel additives are almost always just temporary. Okay, great. Okay, I've been fighting with this for years with whether I use them almost every tank, and it's so darn expensive, but I've never yeah. really seen a result other than peace of mind, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, and... and you know, I've done, I've run enough trucks without additives that I, I don't see many negative, really any negative consequences. And you're right. It's expensive. Okay. I'm consuming and I don't see the benefit. I've done really extensive fuel mileage tracking it. And I've never been able to prove any kind of, of gain. Okay. Can I ask you one other thing about wide base tires? Yeah, go ahead. I run the twenty-four fives with the stud piloted. Is it, would it be worth it? I don't even know the cost to change out the hubs to be able to run the wide base and the and the hub piloted. You know, for me, everything comes down to the numbers. So before I would even attempt to make the decision, I would get the estimates. You know, pull into okay. a, a good tire shop that you trust. Let them look at the truck that you've got. Tell them you want to convert to wide singles. Get an estimate, and if you want, give me a call back. 
And what we'll do is we'll take the tires you currently have. We'll take the best option you could possibly get in duels. Then we'll take the wide singles. and We'll run some numbers and, and see what makes sense. Let's, uh, let's squeeze in another one here. Let's go to Missouri. Russell, welcome to the program. Hi, Chief. 18 Wheels. How are you? Good. What's on your mind today? Okay, um, like to start off with saying thanks for everything you're doing. All the bases that you've been touching here lately are spot on for me, so thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I became a BCO um, for uh, Landstar this year. Uh, my brother-in-law helped me find a 99 Volvo, and I love it. Oh, congratulations. Two of my favorite things, a 99 Volvo and Landstar. Works good. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, my question is, or one of my questions is, what percentage should I be setting back for my taxes? What state, and, what state do you live in? Uh, I, I'm out of uh, Tennessee. Oh, so you don't have a state tax. So um, the number that I'd like to use, and it will get you close. I mean, there's, there's all, it's almost impossible to get our tax estimates exact, even even when we go through the long process of calculating every quarter, by the end of the year, we're still going to be off. So one of the numbers that will get you through the first year and keep you safe, I mean, you're, you're not going to end up with any big tax debt if you do this. You want to yep. set aside 8% of your gross. And a lot of people say, well, that doesn't make any sense. We don't pay tax on the gross. I know we don't. We only pay tax on the net. But it's a lot of work to get to the net. And even if we're even if we're doing accounting every month, which I recommend, we still have to look at the numbers. Then we have to go try to figure out what our depreciation is. And and it, it's for most people, they don't do it. And then they end up in a tax problem. So when you get your settlement every week, take the number at the top, no deductions whatsoever. Now, I don't mean the total gross. I mean the, the gross to the truck, the percentage to the truck. Multiply it by 8%, set the money aside in a savings account, and at the end of the quarter, send in what you've set aside. I also recommend doing a mid-year tax review around July or August when you have six months in, and then we can take a look at it and see how close you are. I'm all out of time. Thanks for joining me. I've got to get out of here. Be safe. Be profitable. Do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford. for tuning in to the audio road if you have any questions give us a call at 855-800-FUEL that's 855-800-3835 check out the website at letstruck.com and find us on facebook.com slash let's truck